So the next best thing was just to get a pistol and end it. And I sat at my house for three days straight, no sleep, didn't eat, didn't drink anything, with a pistol on my coffee table, just rocking back and forth. Picked that pistol up many times. It was just, again, like I didn't know how to handle it. Welcome to the Winners Find A Way Show. I am your host, Trent Clark, and this is episode 14, Servant Leadership with Kevin Santiago, part one of a two-part series. This is a fabulous episode of Kevin telling his life story, how he, after he found himself in college and a pro ball player, moving on to life and having unexpected challenges in that with personal and business, and then finding the way, the truth, and the life through Jesus Christ. In this episode, Kevin will share his life-changing experiences from feeling suicidal to making very poignant choices and then landing in prison and discussing his redemption. Join us for Kevin as he talks about how he sees clarity, his way of thinking has changed after his suicidal thoughts, and you will learn so much from Kevin as he quotes, be a coach and a team player. Join us. Hi, this is Trent Clark, CEO of Leadershipity, serial entrepreneur, international speaker, longtime coach in professional baseball, coaching in three world championships. And today I welcome my guest on the Winners Find a Way show, Kevin Santiago. What's up, man? How are you, buddy? Good. I, man, you look good. I know. I, I remember uh, Spees had his two World Series rings on. You got yours. I forgot. I forgot mine. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, I don't wear them all, right? But right. like, uh, <laughs> you know, it would have been nice to see that Slammers ring, right? Like, you know, come on, man. Like, it's yeah, the ring. It's the it, ring show. <laughs> right. There's not as many diamonds, but it's still pretty. It's it's pretty. It's pretty, <laughs> man. Hey, listen. You know what I love about those rings? It's always earned, never given. Right. Yep. So excited about Kevin joining us today for the Winners Find a Way show. Here's the show. Have you ever faced stiff adversity, felt like losses are mounting and you need to find a better way? Well, I think you came to the right place, whether you're already an entrepreneur, a leader, a coach, an athlete, you're just looking to start your journey today to being elite. I think this is the perfect show and podcast for you. And I bring people on who have been through some journeys and Kevin. Is no different. Kevin, tell them real quick, Kevin Santiago, tell them where they can find you. Winners Find a Way show is brought to you by data-driven operations powered by Journeys. Journeys is a software solution that helps you create a winning formula for your organization. DD Ops powered by Journey helps you act as one, see as one, work as one, play as one, win as one. Are you looking for visibility, coachability, and productivity amongst your team? DD Ops is your software. Click on the link in the show notes to learn more. KP Santiago 10, the number 10 on Instagram and Twitter. All right, nice. And you're on LinkedIn as well? I am. Uh, okay, very good. Act, not as active though. Okay, very good. All right, let me give you a few highlights of my guest, Kevin Santiago. Youngest of three. I knew Kevin's uh, older brother much before I knew him. <laughs> and youngest of three in a baseball sports family in Chicago, Illinois. Your nickname is Pebs, which we're going to get into. After baseball, which you're a good ball player, uh, after baseball, uh, hit the railroad and you become a supervisor, union VP. You are doing life as the American success, right? Like financials look good. You got the house, you got the dog, you got the car, you got the fiance. I mean, everything society says is success. You have a hold of and had it. Is that right? That's correct. 
And then things changed. A tragic accident, very mm-hmm. critical. Uh, there's probably things that led up to that probably before that. Uh, some key people come back into your life. A prison sentence, yep. which we want to talk about. And now it's finding a way, a new definition of success, a new journey, a ring with the Joliet Slammers winning the, I think it's the Frontier League, correct? Correct. And uh, winning a championship there to St. Xavier, winning conference titles. I'm wearing, I'm sporting my St. Xavier, the oldest Catholic institution (laughs) in Chicago. I'm sporting my St. Xavier today for all you uh, St. Xavier Cougs. I'm shout out. Right. And then, and then, of course, uh, you're a Windy City Thunderbolt today as yeah. a coach, and you've been a longtime player and coach. So we're gonna definitely develop into that. So, Kevin, before I go all into you, right? Let's talk a little bit about why. Why do you come on the show? Why do you tell your story? Tell me a little bit about why Kevin Santiago wants to do that. I just, I just see where society's at right now, and you know, I, I think. Society's starving for authenticity and genuineness and, and things like that. You know, when I share my story, I get a lot of feedback saying, like, man, I just see your heart and your passion for wanting to help and, you know, turn things around for other people, uh, help them in any way, things like that. Like, everybody's always going through something, like, good or bad. I mean, but I, I'm one of those guys that loves to pull up next to somebody when they're struggling and just kind of whatever, whatever you need, let's do it. You know, um, whether it be on the baseball field now or off the field, you know, I've helped out with, uh, you know, Spees and his journey a little bit. You and I have gone out there quite a bit. You know, I've helped out with high school kids that are addicted to heroin and, and things like that. And sometimes it's not even, you know, giving them answers. It's just being there to listen to them and, you know, like kind of put yourself in, the, in their shoes and just say, hey, you know, this is what I would do, man. Like, let's try doing something like this or maybe go about it this way or something like that. You know, so it's not sometimes it's just listening to them, you know, and, and just being there and they and they see that, you know, and yep. that sometimes that's all I need. I love that. I mean, I really, you know, we kind of talk about that definition of servant leadership and a lot of different definitions will go into that for sure. I mean, did you know this? Like, was there a time in as a kid, like that kind of that impactful pivot point where you said, hey, I'm going on this journey of sports and I'm going to be serving others eventually. I mean, did that, did, was that clarity as a kid or was there other clarifiers for you as a kid to point you in a direction? So the, like the servant leadership or, or any of that never really came to me clearly. I, I mean, probably when you and I first met uh, and I was like searching to be like a character coach or, or something along those lines, you know, um, that's when the clarity really, you know, growing up, it was, it was more or less just like, this is what I'm going to be you know, I'm going to be a professional athlete uh, in baseball. And it was, I was always told, you know, especially by my, my mom, like, it's just a game, you know? And like, I, I see scouts out here now that have scouted me that are scouting our guys now. And that's one thing they've always said is like, Kev, I remember when we were scouting you, like you were always that guy that had the smile on his face. Like you were just out there having a good time no matter what the score was, like you were always lifting your teammates up. I look back now and I try to be that for these guys. Like, yeah, I am a coach, but I try to kind of be a coach and a, like a team player, so to speak. And it's a it's a tight line to walk sometimes because guys get a little too comfortable and uh, overstep that bound. But, you know, and, and it's understanding that, you know, I, I put that out there for them, you know, and I just kind of pull up next to them and say, hey, we can't be doing that or something. But yeah, I mean, the, the clarity on the, the servant leadership really came about just recently within the past 
I don't know, eight years or so. Your position as a player was a catcher, correct? No, I was middle infield. Okay, middle infield. Okay, all right, all right. So that was, I was thinking, as a catcher, I always feel like leader on the field, right? Like, Absolutely, So that's yeah. why I was thinking, okay. So let's move to why we're on you as a kid. Let's talk a little bit of how you got the nickname Pebs. Because, Pebs. you know, that's not, you know, it's, it's unique to you, right? Like, I, you know, Pebs, everyone wants to know what that means, right? Right, yeah. So, and, and it's funny because... The guy, uh, Phil, he was a teammate of mine, like sophomore year, summer ball. He's the one that came up with the nickname. And his brother, like we, we've always hung out. He's got an older brother. Probably six years ago, somebody called me Kevin when we were all hanging out. And he's like, who is Kevin? So this whole time, yeah. like 20, 20 something years, everybody's been calling me. Pe- and he didn't, he had no idea what my real name was. Like, cause yes, that's like, when I hear Pebs, like, those are my guys. Like th- those guys really know who I am. So hold on before you keep going. I, I want to tell people on the show who don't know this, by the way, because this is very important in athletics. We give nicknames and they are assigned as like biblical, right? right. Like I, there's, this is not uncommon. There are many a times where I have to go to a roster going, Wow, that kid's name's Ryan. Like, right. <laughs> like, I have no idea because a nickname has been associated with someone, and, and it's often last name, right? Like, right. you know, not uncommon for me to be Clarky, TC, you know, all those things that are somewhat related to the name. Right. But there are names that go out there, and it's like, I have no idea what his real name is, right? right. So it makes me laugh, but it's not uncommon that someone you've known for probably nearly 20 years says, Your first name's Kevin? Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. see that. Right. Like, you don't, you get the, you know, you don't even look like a Kevin to me. Right. You look like a, you look like a Jimmy. <laughs> like, right. Right? Jimmy, only Jimmy. So, so we'll the, keep going then. And I just had to tell the audience yeah, about, like, you know, how that works. Right. You're absolutely right. And uh, no, so, so the nickname's Pebbles and that comes from my older brother. His name is Rock. His nickname is Rock. He got that when he was younger, about 12 years old, went to the Little League World Series. He was just a bigger kid. So they called him Rock. That song Solid as a Rock came out. Forget who sings it, but that was the anthem back then, I guess, yeah. uh, for my brother. You know, they were the guys were just trying to come up with a nickname for me. And they're like, and, and my brother, you know, he's 6'4 or 6'2, like 280 pounds. I'm 5'10, you know, 190 pounds at the time. And they're like, you act just like your brother, you know? So he's like, we're just going to call you Pebbles. Uh, <laughs> You're like a was, little rock. Right, I a little rock. It. So I love it. Yeah, so I kind of, like so you good. said, like I, it, it was stamped on me. I kind of had to accept it because that was the, the nickname assigned to me. So, Well, this makes me laugh because, you know, in line with this, right, the reason I met your brother earlier is because our sons, his son and my son, played hockey together when they were like seven and six years old. Now they're, you know, high school age kids playing this high level hockey. Both of them are on to bigger, better things, right? His son's a really, really good player. And so... I don't know Rock's real name. I've known him for 10 years because they're 17 now, right? Right. So like, I don't know his first name. Right. It's it's Richard. Yeah, right. Like, you know, like, like like Dick Santiago actually makes sense now for me. But, you know, I would have never thought Rock, like, I love Rock. He's great. So that is so awesome. That's so funny. You learn something new every day. I now know Richard Santiago. And, right. and by the way, I used to office in a building where he works, right? So I would see him all the time. And heaven forbid, like someone say, hey, go find Richard Santiago. I would be like, 
who the heck are you talking about, bro? Like, I have no idea who that is, right? So that is, uh, that's hilarious. Okay, so let's let's keep moving with your story, right? You know, we, we kind of talked about your introduction. You go through baseball, you, you go through college and didn't, you didn't finish your degree and go into independent ball. You're not drafted. You kind of making your way through sports, but you're also thinking like, Hey, I got to start life, right? I got, I got to, maybe it's not working for me. And you start railroad, you start, you know, growing, you know, applying some of the things you learn in baseball is this hard work ethic guy who's a smile, joy, bring it to other people. And they go, wow, you're, you're pretty good. Supervisor, pretty good. Union vice president. And now you've got all the world successes, right? You've got all it. you got the, the fiance, the dog, man, you know, like you're on your way to the 2.2 kids. You're, you're right, right on the way, right? right? Yeah. And then there's some things that change, right? In a very short time, work changes. There's some, some conflict at work. There's some conflict in the personal relationship that's pretty deep and dark and ultimately costing you the relationship. I don't know how much you want to go into that, but like, let's just say costing you the relationship. And at this point, probably some level of depression sets in. And so you are not at your best, not where you've been in the past. A turn to alcohol is always a nice little, you know, solvent for for anytime you're down. Right. Right. Um, And that's a common place in our society for sure. And a tragic accident happens. Why don't you take us through exactly where you were kind of the, the moments before and how this unfolds. Yeah. So, you know, like, like you said, like society says, you know, have the house, the dog, the good looking girl, the jacked up Jeep, the Jeep Wrangler with the top yeah. off door, you know, or the top lift down kit. Doors off, got a lift right? kit, like, man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to Kenny Chesney, like going to the beach, like living it up, you know? So, you know, the fiance and I, you know, we end up splitting for whatever reason. It was heartbreaking. You know, I fought to try to make that work. And, you know, I felt like, her end, like it, it wasn't really there. So, you know, being an athlete, like you're supposed to be mentally tough, right? You know, just grind through it, you know, so anxiety and depression, those things for were for the mentally weak, right? Like they, they couldn't hold their composure. They couldn't, they couldn't succeed through hard times, stuff like that. So um, when all that started going through or, you know, the breakup and stuff, like all that started coming, coming to life. Like I couldn't control it you know, and I, I didn't, I've never experienced it before. You know, I may have, but I didn't know about it. I go to out with a couple of buddies, like they're like, just come out. And, you know, I knew better because we, you know, growing up, we've always played like backyard football and stuff. And I've always sprained an ankle. Right. And they're like, come on, let's just play pickleball. And I'm like, all right. So we play pickleball end up tearing my Achilles tendon. Um, you know, so now I'm out, have surgery, laid up on the couch thinking about everything with the with the ex you know so anxiety off and work no work yeah out of work yeah. you know so the anxiety and depression is like really setting in bad you know so about so i had leave from work uh up until a certain point and for whatever reason the paperwork got mixed up they deemed me a wall put me up for investigation end up losing my job so the world success story is now all fractured fractured yeah yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, I get with a couple of buddies and they're like, Hey, you know, and, and this is right when I started healing from the surgery, started walking, being able to drive, you know, cause I had, I had the Jeep with the stick, right. You got to have a Jeep with a stick if you're a guy. Right. So, uh, <laughs> so I go out, you know, we, we go out, watch the SEC championship and then we're doing a, a football um, season. Yeah. So we're, we're doing a thing for, you know, San, Santa's helpers, you know, we, we get buy gifts for, you know, kids that, are in need. Um, 
you know, so we, everybody goes like the, the girl puts on an event. We, we go there, we drop the stuff off, things like that, you know, so driving home that night, getting an accident, um, over the legal limit of alcohol and a uh, lady ended up losing her life that night, you know? So now here I am like not only anxiety, depression, PTSD now, you know, the not being able to sleep, like reliving that night over and over and over for even today, sometimes, um, you know, it's just, it, it was hard. I mean, it was hard. Like nobody wants to go, go through that or anything, you know? So yeah. So now I'm, I'm, I'm looking this stuff up, right? Like I, I go, I go into County for a month, I get bailed out, you know, I, I get back home and, and like, I, I know how I, I have to recover, right? Like, I just want to be left alone. Like, you know, hard day at work, like just leave me alone, give me an hour or so. And like, I knew this was going to be a toll, you know, so I just, you know, my parents are like, just come back home. I'm like, no, I, I need time. Like, I just need, need to be all right and figure this out, you know? So now I'm reading, you know, seven to 14 years, you know, again, I've never been in trouble, anything, you know, speeding tickets and stuff, but, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. Like I started reading stuff online just to see what was up and, and the cool, like it, don't get me wrong. Like this whole thing, like I, it beats me up every day, but like the cool thing was to see how much support I had, um, mm. just online and it sucks, but you know, it got to take the positive as much as you can out of, out of that, you know? Yeah. So, you know, a month after being home, like now, now that American dreams actually broken, yeah. right? it's not fractured anymore. It's just broken. Like, you know, I'm going to have this background. I'm going to have this title as a felon, all this negative stuff. Right. So like if all that was gone, then what's this whole life about? Right. Mm. You know, like I had it all, I'm probably not going to get it, get it again. You know? So like now what? I mean, are you, when you go on your own, are, are you suicidal here? Are you okay? Are you, where, where are you at with the unknown? And obviously a tragic, I mean, there's guilt, there's shame, there's all sorts oh, of yeah. things going on, right? So where are you at right now, uh, you know, from a, from a mental health standpoint? Yeah, so obviously the PTSD, the anxiety, the yes. depression, never, never dealt with it before, right? Had no, no tools. No, no tools. Right. Yeah, no tools in the toolbox. Um, other than alcohol, which is the whole, which is not a tool, bro. Right, which is, <laughs> that's, right. that's an enabler, right? Like right. Which, which is already turned bad. Like you right. Know, even right. right. So I'm like, all right. So not like, what do we do now? You know. So the next best thing was just to get a pistol and end it. And I sat at my house for three days straight, no sleep, didn't eat, didn't drink anything, with a pistol on my coffee table, just rocking back and forth. Picked that pistol up many times. It was just. Again, like I didn't know how to handle it. Yeah. So, yeah, very much suicidal. And again, I didn't even know how to do that. You know, like, <laughs> right? Like, I again, not a tool that we have in the toolbox, right? right? Like, uh, yes. I, I, like, I just, I'm like, there's got to be a different way. Um, and when I first first went into county, it was, you know, I I was actually reading the Bible. You know, it was so different. Like, guys would be up, and I would sleep. And then I would be asleep when they would, they would be up and stuff. So I just tried to stay on a different level because I, for whatever reason, I thought I was better than them. You know, I don't belong in here, all this stuff, you know, and I, for, I mean, I have a good grasp on how God works now, but 
uh, you know, early on, I was just like, I'm like, I had no idea why I was reading the Bible or how it even came about. Right. So, um, did you have that as a kid? I mean, was there some foundational level where you see, where you see, I was a CE goer as a kid, like uh, Christmas and Easter, right? Like, right. like so did you have a foundation there at all or I, yeah i did it kind of it kind of came like how you were like christmas and easter uh like towards the back end of it but like every like growing up like church every sunday you know things like that but i never really had a relationship with god or jesus christ like i, I knew all about it but i didn't know that was knowledge. you had some knowledge okay good right yeah so i remember one of my buddies being involved with the church and i reach out to him uh bobby and we had gone to high school together, played football together, things yes. like that. And, you know, did some side jobs together. But after that, we just kind of split and, you know, they didn't really hear anything from each other, you know, but that's, that's how we guys and our yeah. group is like, the, it's like, whatever, we pick up right where we left off. So I, I actually called him that night, reached out to him. Hey, can you talk? And he's like, I've been waiting for this call. I'm like, what? So we get on the phone and he asked me some difficult questions, you know, and, about God. Like, do you take Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And I'm like, I, I don't know, I guess. Like, I've heard that. We talked for three hours that night. Yeah. And he's like, I will be over on Monday morning and we're just going to sit and talk. And we did that for a year and a half and it turned into a Bible study and life started making more sense to me. And what society says, you know, the house, the girl, the G, yeah. the big old English master, yeah. like, <laughs> None of that stuff even mattered anymore. It really is slap in the face of like where I was at and how far I was gone um, and what I was using as an outlet for all the pain that I was going through. Yeah. So, yeah, we we met for a year and a half. I got sentenced to three and a half years. I did 16 months in prison. And just from that, like that point on, I mean... Uh, there was a guy, Paul, that kind of jumped on board. You're like, you know, Paul, and yeah. he's like the cool. And he said it early on, like, you're you're going to go in. There's no doubt about it, right? Like, you're going to do time. And he's like, we need to arm armor you up, right? Like, you need to go in there. You're going to go to a dark place, and you need to be the light in there. And that was my mission for that whole year, year and a half of prep before I even went in. Went to went to my sentence in my court get to get my sentence and they gave me a month to get my stuff together. And then I went in and took my time and pleaded out. Paul said this, it was the coolest thing that he saw was me walking behind, like they're taking me into custody, uh, handcuffed with my Bible in my hands. You know, he's like, that was your foundation. So, you know, I go in and, you just start spreading the word, man. Like, you know, like it, it is a dark place, bro. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> it's hard. I can't, uh, I can't imagine, you know, I mean, it just, I cannot imagine. I think it's a lot of people's worst nightmare. Right. Uh, all of it, by the way, you know, like no one wants to accidentally hurt anyone. Right. Like, uh, let alone a death. Right. And no one wants to go to prison. And by recalling that, I mean, you actually had a chance to plea out of this and time and do an extended probationary period and this and that uh, based on character, you know, things that about you. But you chose this repentance as part of what you thought you had to do. Is that right? Yeah. So early on, obviously the year and a half kind of 
I knew right from wrong, right? I thought I did before, but now I really knew it. So I, I remember my attorney coming out and saying, hey, we're going to need character references, things like that. And I'm like, okay, well, like, what are those? How many is a lot? And he should be good with about 20, right? And this is what you need to be have included in there. I showed up the next court date with 122 character references. It was awesome to see. Well, and I think that's what you're talking about, that support, right? When you talk about the good that comes out of it, the people that are coming willing to go you know, put their name on it for you, right? Like to put their name on the line and say, I will sign up for this guy. And I mean, as a young person, adult, anytime, I think any time in your lifetime that someone will put their name on the line for you. I mean, it's a big deal, right? We don't take that lightly, but I want to come back to something you said that was very important to me at least. Uh, and I want to dig a little deeper on this. Like before I thought I knew right and wrong, but after the year and a half of training myself up, prepping prepping my armor for what was about to happen and, and kind of what's next. That line had clarity is, is what I heard. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but you had clarity now. <laughs> I think a lot of us have a, a blurred line of right and wrong, right? Like right and wrong. Well, it's great. I mean, you know, I'm just going to lie a little bit on the expense report, right? <laughs> like it's, you're like, oh, well, so it's gray and we, we draw a line in the sand, which we can easily cover and move the line pretty quickly on where that is for us. Right. right. So, and and the, po- the popular phrase is like, it's easier to ask for forgiveness, right? Like, that's right. You know, uh, uh, don't ask for permission, beg for forgiveness. Like, so yeah, I mean it, everything just became more clear, like just getting in the word and understanding God's design, you know, where society's at with certain topics. I remember like I was a union guy, right? Like, so every sentence started with an F-bomb or Oh yeah, yeah, right, right. right. Yeah, the work, the work on the railroad was not right. the church choir. In fact, it turns right. out, right? Yeah, I worked for a long time, right? And I get that. Right. Like that's a very, but but could could someone find that clarity, uh, like you found that path with without? You know, do you think they could do that without you know uh, a quote unquote biblical foundation? I mean, can they do that that way? Can they get there? Absolutely. The- yeah. The problem I see with that is it just doesn't last and it's always on to the next. Mm. Like this, this is a foundation that does not move. Um, obviously, but, you know, having good support, having good ideas, you know, being able to bounce things off of people, like that's all great. Like I fully yeah. support that. Um, you know, but sometimes you get bad intel and now, now what? Yeah. I think that's why it's important in Al-Anon, like AA, that there's a there's a 12 step. And one of those steps is a, a spiritual higher power component. There's something more than than just me. And I, I haven't been through AA, but I'm familiar with the, the, the learnings. Right. And so um, I think there is that component that says I, I think part of it's gratitude. I think part of it's perspective, because. We're, we're not very good when we're self-focused, right? We're, right. we're, we're tend to be, you know, prideful. Um, you know, things don't usually go well for us when we're just self-focused. Um, and, and we see that in teams, right? You know, we, we, we talk about I, I, me, me players all the time. Right. And, and, um, and it's, uh, it doesn't tend to work well, but let's, let's talk a little bit. Let me ask you a question going through this. I mean, knowing what you know now, well, I here, mean, let's- I'm going to stop you because okay. I. Okay. Yeah. Let's finish with the, so with the character letters and things. Yes. Uh, yeah. Please. Let's go back. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, so the, I think, you know, towards the end of it, uh, before they were going to give me my sentence, you know, the attorney came out and he's like, you know, they're going to give you 
probation. And I was just, I was, I was like, wow, like, that's great. And I just looked at my dad and I was just like, I can't, you know, and like the, again, like a union me, I'm like, hell yeah. Like, let's do this. You know? Yeah. F yeah. Wait, let's go. Uh, no, but like, it's having that different perspective and like, you know, I, it, it just changed my heart, changed my mind. And I put myself in, you know, if, if this happened to my mom or my sister or whatever, yes. it may have been, like I would have been like, yeah, he's a good dude. Like great, great guy, like successful, how society says it. Um, but I, w- I wouldn't be okay with probation. Right. Yeah. Um, I would yeah. say he doesn't deserve seven to 14 years, but he has to do some time. Right. So I told my attorneys, no, I'm not going to do probation. And he's like, what? Yeah, right. He's like, oh, this is this is what I've never heard before, actually. Right. And I was right. just like, it's not the right thing to do. Thank you for joining us for another Winners Find A Way show. I am your host, Trent Clark. If you love this episode, share this episode with your friends and follow us on whatever podcasting medium you're listening to. If you want more content from us, join us at leadershipity.com or the Leadershipity YouTube channel. You can find us on all the social media networks at either Trent M. Clark or Leadershipity. For our award-winning workshop, Win With Great Teams, you can find that page on LinkedIn as well as our corporate page, Leadershipity. If you want to win more, it starts with you today. Say it with me now. I have what it takes.